All right. Welcome, welcome, welcome. We're back. We're back. Finally. <laughs> I know. I know. Well, life. Life trade, is life trade is shows crazy. in the way. Trade shows yeah. and you know, traveling and that sort of thing. Um, where'd we leave off? What do we We were talking about cruises? Um, but I've had a few requests. I did put out there if anyone had any requests for us to talk about anything. And I did have a request about, um, appropriate employee employer relationships. Oh, all right. So we're just gonna (laughs) just go right into the deep end. That's, we can, um, that's plenty to talk about. There it is. We could, we could always lighten it. So yeah. it's, what's really funny is I did, um, it's funny that you say that when I did my managing toxicity in the workplace seminar mm-hmm. in, um, at Prepro classic, mm-hmm. I had never done it in person. That was the first time. And halfway through the whole room, it was a deep topic. I didn't even realize like how deep and like heavy the room would get. And I couldn't have that. So I'm like, okay, I made, I made a comment. I'm like, oh, this is really heavy. And this room is very tense. We're going to lighten the mood for a few minutes and we're going to move forward. I always <laughs> make a Marty McFly joke there. I like, like oh, like, that's... I'm like, oh, that's too heavy for you, but your kids are going to love it. <laughs> like, you know, something like that. And then, you know, the back to the future nerds get it and nobody else does. And that's fun. Um, they're younger, so they're really not going to get it. No, they're really not going to go. Well, over. I mean, it's a classic now. It's yeah, a classic movie. Sure. Um, yeah, it well, you know, that kind of conversation, it lands differently for different people. But I mean, I think we're going to take a stab at it from the point of view of leadership. And I look, I've seen it from both sides now. I've had I've had leaders step into the position of of leadership and not know where to draw boundaries. Mm-hmm. And I've had, um, and you know, I've had them struggle with that. And then I've had employees struggle with those leaders who can't set boundaries. Like it is not just the, it, it it's not a one way street. It's not just that the leader is the one benefiting or not benefiting. It really, really affects the employees. Um, I've had a lot of situations of people playing favorites. Mm-hmm. Um, pr- particularly for me in my shop, I you know, I'm I'm pretty high i'm higher volume than maybe most of you guys are you know i have like 20 employees so um but let's let i mean let's take it from from the top here i mean it's it's really about i think firstly there's a big difference between somebody who you bring on to be a leader who is new to your employees and is always a leader to your employees like they come in Mm. they they come in as a leader and boom, like we're setting the tone, they get to stay a leader versus yep. growing someone into the leadership position. And, and I've experienced both. Um, and and having and, and that's really hard when you move somebody up who was a peer for for all of your all of your employees. Um, yes. And they now need to kind of look to them for leadership. That's tough. Well, and I also have found um I have had a lot of yes people in my, in my growth, right. Mm -hmm. In the last few years. So they very, um, not truthful, I think with themselves, or maybe at the time they probably thought that's what they wanted, but not really realizing that being a leader wasn't what they wanted. And that turned into a huge cluster in itself. So there's so many, I mean, this is such a big topic. There are so many dynamics to it. Um, but I have to say on my end, um, you talking about being having a leader come in and be just a leader versus someone who is growing into it on an owner's side, I didn't have good boundaries for a long time. And my new staff now, we've had a little bit of a turnover in a year, which needed to happen for the environment and the work culture. Um, but the new employees only know me as the healthier boundary owner where I have three um, longstanding employees that um, it's really hard for them to watch this transition. They know a past me who would, I would actually have unhealthy boundaries with the employees because I didn't know any better. I didn't know how to be an owner leader. Um, So I ended up, um, so they know like a past version of me. 
And that's a little even harder for me to manage as well, to have this little group that knows an older version and um, this newer group who doesn't have that past with me. Mm. Yeah. And I, you know, I, I think it also, it comes with age and experience. Mm -hmm. I, I can say the same thing about me. I mean, so we just celebrated four days ago at the time of recording, we celebrated our 10 year anniversary. By the way, I didn't realize we were so close. Mine will be 10 years in January, but go ahead. Holy cannoli. No way. We should have a joint birthday party from now on. (laughs) Um, That's great. Congratulations. 10 years in business is a huge deal. And I'm going to toot my own horn because that's Mm -hmm. most businesses don't make it past the one year mark. So if you've been in business for more than one year, give yourself a little pat on the back. Yep. Um, And if you haven't yet, that's okay. Um, Yeah. I, I mean, I was was 25 when we opened i i didn't know how to be a leader i still don't know how to be a leader i i am learning and i'm trying to grow but i think um you know as you age you're more comfortable with not being liked and you don't feel like you need to peddle yourself to people and um and that's you know that 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 just comes with the territory sometimes you have to say no sometimes you have to be the not the mean person but the the person that sets boundaries, the person that sets rules, the person that sticks by their guns. And I would, yeah. And, and I would love to go in and say yes to everything. I I love saying yes. That's my favorite. It's my favorite thing to do is when people come ask me things and I'm like, yes, Yes. great, let's do it. Um, But that's not my role in our organization. My, my role is as I've always said, risk management. My my role as an owner is basically risk management at every level, risk management um, of our employees to make sure they're safe um, mm-hmm. and following the rules, risk management for the dogs to make sure they're safe, and risk management for the clients to make sure they're happy and that we don't have an issue. So it's at every level, it's risk management. Um, so that's that means saying no. And, um, and on a personal level, I've also had to realize too, like I, you know, I've, I I said, I I think I have 20 employees now. Um, and I love them. Like I, I, you know, talking about boundaries, it is very difficult. I care very deeply for each and every one of them in, in different ways. Um, and I will do anything for them as their employer. Mm -hmm. And I will, you know, I am one of those people, like you, you call me at 3 a.m. and one of them has a flat tire and they're four hours away. I will get in the car and I will go get them. I will not be happy about it, but I will go, <laughs> I will go get them. Um, and um, yeah, so, so I care very deeply about them in that way. Um, but I, I, I mean, I think the easiest way is to think of it as mentor-mentee relationship, maybe older sibling relationship, boss-employee relationship, however you want to look at it. I can be friendly with them. I can have great rapport with them. They are not my friends because Mm -hmm. I have more of a responsibility to them than their friends. Like my role is actually, I don't want to say it's more important because your friends are very important, but like (laughs) in terms of like how seriously I take my position, I will not be friends with them so that I can take care of them. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm making any sense, but um, no, it makes a lot of sense because it's a different responsibility than a friendship. Yes. You have the care and the love of a friend. Um, and I know you don't have kids. It's it it really is a lot like watching my oldest get, you know, go off to college, right? Like mm. you still have to have that. So I always correlate it to um watching him do it. You know what I mean? Like watching him grow. I correlate it to that aspect that you have to guide them and let them go, you know, but you can be there to support them. Yeah. And, and, um, I, I, that's sort of how I relate to it. Um, but I know that's really hard to get across in a different verbiage and communication, um, that bond, that you would have with people who um, typically don't have children or don't have that, that experience to share with me. You know what I mean? So, um, but I understand that's on my end, that's how it feels. Um, But yeah, no, you're not a friend. Right. And yeah, for me, I I use the older sibling. Which I love. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because um, so my, my, uh, I have twin brothers that are 11 years younger than me. So I am 
not a parent, but I'm more than a sister. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I, I have a little more responsibility to them than a sister. So um, I've never really thought about it, but I, I certainly, oh God, it, like here, separate subtopic of <laughs> I keep getting older and my employees, like they, they, I, I don't want to say they keep getting younger. We have like a, a pretty wide spread, right? but like, but <laughs> inevitably <laughs> you start hiring people and you look at their their ID when they, you know, turn in their paperwork and you're like, oh my God, I remember that year. I remember I still have underwear from that year. Like how my how- realization was when at the time my employee, um, it was uh 9-11. Mm. And she happened to say, I was in my mom's belly. And I'm like, are you <laughs> yeah now mind you I've known her since she was six and her mom graduated a year after me and I'm like I can't I'm like thanks thanks Hannah that was nice of you like that's when it really hit I'm like yeah yeah no we we definitely did that a couple (laughs) months ago we were all talking about where we were um Uh like 9-11 or something and some people were like I don't remember but I heard I'm like oh my god yep so old okay um so that makes it easier i will say because like no offense to you fine people um but i i don't have a lot in common with a 20 year old um like what are we going to talk about Mm -hmm. like i i don't it is nice i am finding it easier to have those boundaries right as i get older because everyone age difference right yeah oh it's great i can just be like i'm old and you guys go have fun and (laughs) you guys you guys go to trivia after work and i'm going to bed because i'm so old good night Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah no it 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 does make it a lot easier to have those boundaries and have appropriate relations with them yeah um and like i said love my employees sometimes i have no idea what they're talking about you know the, the the gen uh gen z humor is just i'm like what you guys are really into shrek like i remember when shrek came out we weren't into shrek no that much when shrek actually came out we liked it we watched it we all watched it but like man you guys are super into shrek um (laughs) like i don't i don't understand but cool um i was gonna uh briefly talk about playing favorites and the danger in that because um yeah, so like, you know, with my with my spread of people, I have had situations in the past where um uh, a a leader would would have a favorite person and mm-hmm. it builds resentment among the staff and it contributes to a really really I I don't want to say toxic cuz I I I use that word sparingly, right? Mm-hmm. Like true toxicity, sure it happens. But toxicity almost, um, it sounds like it has intent and often it doesn't, right? Like people, the toxic person doesn't know they're toxic. They have no idea. So can I, I'm going to oh, pop on yeah. here real yeah, quick. Yeah, because this because is like I your territory. I was going to do a shameless plug at the end. Not do it now. My, but it's not, it's gonna, well, I'll probably do it at the end too because I'm shameless and I'll do it twice. But yeah, what man. I want to tell you is um, the w- seminar that I did do, um, has everything you would really enjoy it. I should send it over to you. It has everything to do with not even realizing that it's going on and that the people who are toxic don't even realize what's going on, but it's you being able to see these signs so that you know how to handle them. Oh, I love that. Uh-huh. Yeah. It was, it's very much a different spin on the, the toxicity and I hate using toxicity too, but it's such a word that I think people can relate to that that's sort of why I kept it in for the seminar. Um, But yeah, so just a sidebar, that's actually what the whole, the seminar is all about is our role and what we can do, whether you're an employee or an employer. Yeah. So, yeah. And, and, you know, it's often um, hindsight's 2020, right. Mm -hmm. And it's so easy to look back and be like, Ooh, that's where the issue was. But when you're in it, when you're in that mix, you're just like, why are these people acting this way? Like, I just want everybody to get along and you can't pinpoint it. And um, yeah, no, I would love to yeah, send it over. That's that's great. And it's not a shameless plug. It's our party. We can plug whatever we want, man. <laughs> that is true. But that's the benefit of starting your own podcast. We can, we can do whatever we sh- want. We can be shills. I like um, it. Yeah. But um, for me, the 
the favoritism, it happened, um, well, it happened twice, actually, because I didn't, uh, the second time I saw it happening and I couldn't do anything to stop it. But mm. the first time I didn't realize what was happening. So the first time we had a, we had a leader, we had a groomer that was really difficult to work with. She was a great groomer. You guys know this type. You guys know this type. Great groomer, just pain in the butt, you know, just moody and mm-hmm. um, difficult to work with. Really great groomer. Right. Customers love this person. Um, a great customer service, just pain in the butt behind the scenes, just cranky. And um, and this this person in leadership really just bent over backwards to make the cranky groomer happy for for Mm. reasons that I'll never really understand and it caused um you know it caused a rift in my salon and I actually that was that was a really really hard time for us we had um a couple groomers that didn't want to work in that environment and you know what kudos to them for recognizing it Mm -hmm. and and they left and looking back at it Sure, there's like a lot of reasons why, um, and this is all water under the bridge now. You know, it, it doesn't. Oh yeah, this was a long time ago. But looking back on it, it really came from a lack of that leader setting boundaries with that one groomer, and um, you know, those boundaries are are there to protect everybody's feelings, not just the two people in that relationship. Um, so that was that was a difficult lesson. I see um, a lot of that um, tends to be fear, fear of upsetting the good employee, yeah. fear yeah. of, you know, the clients love them. What are we going to do? We have to protect this entity because, you know, we, we can't lose it. I always see it in, as a, as a fear base. Yeah. It was a, it was a people pleasing thing. Mm-hmm. It was like, you know, this leader didn't want to rock the boat, just wanted everything to be okay. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it ended up causing far more problems than addressing the actual problem head on, which was, Hey, you can't come to work cranky. You can't, you can't be a bear to work with. Right. So instead of losing one groomer, um, we lost three and you know, it all worked out. And I, I can't imagine those people would have stayed on with me anyway, but, um, but at the time it was, it was difficult. It was very difficult. Mm -hmm. Um, none of those people, work for me. Like I said, that was a very long time ago, but, um, but I really truly learned that, uh, that was a hard lesson to learn. And often I, what I find with these leadership lessons is it doesn't matter how many times somebody tells you, it doesn't matter how many podcasts you listen to of us telling you, Hey, set boundaries with your employees. Um, you will not learn until you learn. And I can't, I can't teach this lesson to you. But hopefully when, when it happens to you, maybe you'll think back on, on this conversation and be like, oh, yeah, there were some, you know, little morsels of, of wisdom there. But um, I think also when you're, when you're younger, it's easy to emotionally dump on your employees. Well, and... we see them more, right? We see yeah, them. Yeah. Oh, more. you see them all the time. You uh-huh. see them every day. You see them. You see them after you go to the doctor and you get bad news. You see them after you fight with your boyfriend or your husband. Uh-huh. You see them. You see them after you had a death in the family. You see them, and so they, you know, they know what's going on with you. Mm-hmm. And it's it's very hard for them not to. I you know I can speak from a personal level to this. I was. Um, so I was diagnosed with Huntington's disease in 28 or no, I guess I was diagnosed later, but we found out in 2018 that it was in my family and I couldn't keep that from my employees. I was a mess. Like right? I, I'm not pretending to be some like superhuman who has no emotions in front of their employees. I have, pl- I've cried in front of my employees. I'm not <laughs> proud. I try not to. No. Um, been it there, happens. done that. Yeah, oh, I did man, it Thursday. It oh, good job. There you go. <laughs> it is Thursday. Very overwhelmed. That was the only way it was coming out. It was just yeah. one thing after another, and I was. Uh, I yeah. get it. Mm-hmm. It happened. So they all knew what was going on with me then, um, but I think it's important. I, I I think you can have boundaries while still letting them know what's going on you know, with you oh, like, yeah. on a need to know basis. But like, that was pretty big. They needed to know what was going on. Cause mm-hmm. I was, I was not well. Um, 
just emotionally, mentally, that was, there was a lot, there was like about a year of processing that had to happen. Um, but I, I think there's a healthy amount of information to give them. Mm -hmm. You know, they obviously need to know where your head's at. Um, but they're not, they're not there for you to tell your problems to, you know, they all knew what was going on to me, but I wasn't, I wasn't, um, you like, weren't I'm, seeking comfort from that. Sure. Exactly. And that's, that's the difference that, that comfort, you got to go somewhere else for that. Mm -hmm. Um, they're not there for you emotionally. Like you yeah. have to really, really come to grips with that, um, head on. And I'm not saying it doesn't happen. Like if you have good culture and you have good people and you've worked there a long time, sure, they're going to be there for you when times are tough, but you can't go looking for it. Like Correct. that is, that is not the place you call your friends, you call your family, you call your significant other. But, um, I always think of, um, I read this somewhere. There was like a, a bullseye and it's, it was, um, saying like if the person in the in the middle of the bullseye is the person um most affected by something let's say somebody gets a cancer diagnosis so the person in the middle of the bullseye is the person that has cancer and then each ring around it is a degree of separation from that person so maybe mm -hmm. the first ring around that would be like their significant other and then the ring outside of that would be like close family and then you know close friends and on and on and on and it was saying that if you want to um emotionally dump and like spill what's what's bothering you you have to always go outside the mm -hmm. the ring you have to go to an outside ring you can never dump in yeah um and i think about that a lot in terms of of work like basically my entire workplace is in the center of that circle and so i dump out ah, like, i like that i like that a lot yeah it's funny you say that because I mean, I started doing that. It wasn't like that for a while. Um, and then now I, now you put a visual to it, but that's how, you know, I started doing things. That's how I switched it. Right. I'm coming out of probably a good two year stint where I couldn't stand going into my business. Like I, yeah, I allowed it to really get bad, but it wasn't, we talked about it's not ever in your face, right? It's gradual little things and hindsight 2020 and you have to fall. You have to see it for yourself. And that was, you know, I heard all these things. I knew all these things, but that was my fall. And what's really cool about it, though, when you really focus on it, at least for me, in even uh, four months, there's a huge difference in our atmosphere, um, which is so cool because now I can see the hard work really shows fast. Um, if you're making that conscious effort of fixing that environment, um, and fixing yourself, because really at the end of the day, if you're a leader or an employer, it's about you fixing to be able to help fix the work culture. Mm. The employees are only responsible to help man their day to day, but we're in charge of the work culture, the organization. Yeah. So, um, so it is really cool though, to watch, um, my healthy boundaries in a way that's projected right in front of me. So it is a lot easier to walk in, but you can fix it too, right? Like it, it's not hopeless you. And I know at the time it felt really hopeless. Um, but doing the right steps and, and facing it head on, it goes a long way. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, I don't know. I get a lot more enjoyment out of, um, for me, rather than directly interacting with my staff and doing things that friends do, you know, going out. Mm -hmm. Um, I like fostering for them to interact with each other. Yeah. And, and I think like they, um, something that, that, um, that I've helped foster, but like, I'm not directly responsible for is they do a weekly trivia, trivia night. And I think that's great. And mm -hmm. I think I've, you know, in all the weeks that they've done it, I showed up once, you know, just right. to be like, hey, what's going on? <laughs> Hi, guys. And I left early because they don't want me there. Like, no. they don't, they don't want to hang out. They don't want to hang out with with me, you know. Um, and, and I like it that way. You mm -hmm. know, I, I think uh, 
I, there's nothing better than when I, when I come in and they're just, they're having a great day and they're, you know, when you come in and the energy, you're just like, Ooh, it's a good day. Uh-huh. And I can't put it in a bottle. can't capture it. But when I come in and they're all chit chatting about something, you know, there's some fun topic of conversation. They're all going around and I don't even have to be part of this conversation. I am just, oh, no. You just Absolutely do you sit there loving? I yes. always oh, I just sit there. And you just sit them. in the back, like you're just like on the computer or, um, at well, I'm at my table, but I know you're set up. You're you could be at your yeah. computer, and they have no clue that I'm even listening, and they think like I'm just off busy doing something, and I am just smiling ear to ear. Listening me too. To yeah. Them. Oh my yeah. gosh, just listening to them. I don't engage with yeah. it. I just I if I'm like smiling when I walk out, I'm like, I love you guys. It is just so cute to listen to. Or like yeah. you guys are oh, yeah. happy because you're so, you know, I'm like, I love listening to your conversations. But um oh no, I, I just sort of quietly sit back and I I take it in. Yeah. Just take oh, it all it, in. It is the best. Mm-hmm. Um and 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 like that's why I don't, you know, I I keep myself a little bit separate it's for their benefit it's as much as you know like I of course we all want to be accepted and have peers and have people to talk to and 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 that's and also that's why I'm part of a business group you know like that kind of interaction that you're yearning for go get that out of other business owners go network Mm -hmm. with other business owners don't do it with your employees right um you'll you'll be better off for it but um no, I love when they're having a good time. That's that's my favorite day. That they, yeah, I'm so proud of them. I I do. I, you know, the more that I think about it, it's definitely like a big sister relationship that I have with most See, of them. Like I'm an only child, so I don't have that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I so, don't, I cannot relate to that. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I yeah, I feel it. <laughs> yeah. Like I love them. I care for them deeply. But it's it's a degree of separation, and it's it's that's for cool. the best. Mm-hmm. Um. It just, it, yeah, it, it protects you. It protects them, makes those tough conversations a lot easier. I'm not scared to talk to any of them, of them about job performance stuff. You know, I, that's just kind of, uh, it, it does get more difficult if you're closer with somebody, you know, that's not, that's not a made up thing. That's a real thing. So, and I think, um, one of the ways that I explained it when people ask me boundaries to me is taking the emotions out. So it makes it a lot easier to talk to people when it's straight facts, right? Your business performance or, you know, it's not feeding in emotionally to whatever. Yes, you can have sympathy and empathy if you want. And and that's the person you are. I don't tell you to not have that, but you have to have that separated from facts. And I always, I found my healthy boundaries are separating those two. So I can still have all the emotions, but it's facts when I'm dealing with whatever I have to deal with at work. Love that. Love that. Um, I call it something different. I don't know if this is appropriate. We might get kicked off. Um, <laughs> it's our show. I thought, but we can right, do it. That's right. It's our show. We can do okay, All right. Well, it, you know, it's a PG 13 word. Um, <laughs> so there's something that I've coined emotional masturbation. <laughs> Which is basically when you dump your problems on someone because it feels good, but it is not productive. Ooh. And when you're doing anything that's not productive and just because it feels good, you can liken that to masturbation. So that's <laughs> uh, that's probably not a good – you can – you know, come up with a better work term for it. But, um, but it also means as a leader that you don't come in and complain about your significant other and talk about how you want to leave them at work, which I've had leaders do in the past. Mm-hmm. You know, that's awkward. And then what are we going to do at the next work picnic when you bring that person? <laughs> and we're all like, Oh, I guess they're still together. Um, so we don't do that. Um, I think also, you know, for leaders, complaining about work in a way that's unproductive, right? I, I don't complain about my work to the staff because that's, well, I mean, number one, it's, it's not their super, problem. 
it's so rude. Like, right. they would, are you kidding me? I would never complain about my job <laughs> to the people that help me have the best job in the world. I have the best job in the world. I am, I am never, again, dump out. You right? know, that's something that yeah. you, you come home and you complain to, to a third party that has nothing to do with it mm-hmm. because I'm not, I'm not saying there aren't hard days, but you know, the, my team is, is, everything that that is good in my life i i owe to these people that um do really great work and and choose to work with me in this thing that i created like i that's a huge responsibility um so yeah there's there's a a fine line between you know sometimes when you have a problem you just want to complain and you just want to be heard and mm-hmm. uh you don't do that to your staff you don't do nope. that to your team um, now, if we're having a discussion about something that's a problem and we are having like a fix it discussion, then sure, we're gonna we're gonna tear apart like, hey, this works, this doesn't. I don't like this. I, I do like that. That's fine. But we don't bitch about the job to each no. other. That's And I would also like to say it is in my world, I, I, it is very fair to say, this is hard on me. I don't know what to do. Like you are still allowed yeah. to have emotions. You, yeah. you want to be a human being. You just don't unload your stress onto them. Right. Mm-hmm. This is really hard for me because you're not doing your job and you're very hard to manage because of these things. Yeah. And, and you can, you have to still take ownership, but it is most definitely, it is not oh my goodness, you're the worst employee because I can't even do this. And all of this stuff's going wrong in my personal life. And but you can't, you know, do all that, but you can have emotions and tell them that you're having, that it's affecting you. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. You, you absolutely can. And that's, that's what, look, that's what we all strive for, right? Like, um, not to get nerdy, but, um, I don't know if anybody's a Star Trek fan. Um, the the Vulcans, right? Like, okay, so Denise, not being a Star Trek fan, what do you know about Vulcans? What do you know about Spock? Like, to just just not much. tell me. Okay, not, but like not nothing, nothing, not really. How does he? I talk? like was I was like old school. Uh, parents watched the original Star Trek when it was coming out. Type. Okay, but does like do you know like Spock? Like, is he emotional? Does he does he like cry? Does he scream? Does he? I'm gonna say no. Yeah, correct. Great. Good job. Good job. <laughs> well done. Okay, I'll take it from here. Okay. Um, <laughs> so Vulcans are described as a race of uh, human-like species. They're they're super smart, and they're always portrayed as having no emotions and being very robotic, and they're very logical. And so they get a bad rap for like not having emotions. And um, now, in you know this. Not so much when original series came out, but now it's kind of like they're coded as like being people maybe on the autism spectrum a little bit. Um, but the truth is, if you know anything about Vulcans, is they are deeply emotional people. They are actually more emotional than humans. And they are so emotional that if they allowed themselves to to feel every emotion and, and to react to every whim and and every thought that crossed their mind, they would they would just explode. Like they're so full of of rage and and sadness and happiness mm-hmm. and all the things at once. And so they are carefully calculating and they they control their emotions and they learn at a young age to to control those emotions. And it's it you know it's it, a lot of Star Trek culture is about them suppressing their emotions maybe too much, but right, it is an allegory for growing up as well what is childhood but learning to control your emotions for the proper time and place like that is all that you do as you grow up is learn to understand your emotions to filter them and and to to display them in appropriate settings Mm. and being an owner of a business and being a leader you have to take it a step further like this continues that journey of like controlling your emotions for the proper time and place. And it is a relationship that you are, you, you don't have any similar situational awareness to, to base it on, right? Like this is, 
a, a responsibility above and beyond what normal people do in a, in the workplace when you just right. work like we you know when you when you yeah. just work somewhere well, let's say you work in an office you know with your peers you don't really have to worry about controlling what you say and do in a really really methodical way um like maybe you're a little more guarded than like your friends but you know, there's there's a level there, right? right? And then business ownership and leading people and managing people, it is a, a big jump beyond that. It is. And it's basically my emotions and my feelings about something take a back seat to my team's well-being and the outcome of whatever situation that I'm trying to orchestrate. Right. Mm-hmm. Like if I if I want a result from something, my emotions are at the bottom of the totem pole. They are yep. irrelevant. Yep. Absolutely irrelevant. So you so, can take your pride and you can take your want to be liked and you can take all those those things that make us human and you got to shove them right down on the bottom because <laughs> because it's it's the opposite of what you're going for. Yeah. You know? Very true. So Sorry, I, I just to... went off on a full tangent there about No, I love Kevin. it. No, no, no. <laughs> that's what this is all about cuz yep. you and I we this is this is what we're here for That's right. to just spew it all out. Um, but I have a question. Do you find it easier because we are large scale, right? So mm-hmm. you're the 20 employees. I'm, I don't know, 25. I, I don't know. I lose count sometimes yeah. um, coming and going and things and, and having multiple locations. So, you know, sometimes I lose a little count. Um, do you find it easier to set better boundaries on a, large employee level or on a small scale, like you were just starting out. And I, and I, I think that could potentially be a little unfair. Um, well, hmm, a little skewed because we were younger and really dumb and naive when we first opened up. I'm so we had, a, don't worry. I'm still <laughs> dumb. Yes, I get it. Um, but we had a smaller scale, but we were also younger. So, um, I don't know if age has, or, or the amount of years that we've been into it has something to do with it as well. And being large scale now, but what do you think? Oh, it gets, it gets easier when you have more. Yeah. It gets easier so when too. you have, when you have more mouths to feed. Mm-hmm. Um, more responsibility. I have more responsibility. Mm-hmm. I don't have, uh, I don't spend all of my time with one of them, mm-hmm. which I definitely yes. did. When, you know, when you have like yeah. two, three employees, you spend- yeah. Your your whole day with them. How can you not be friends with them, right? right? Or want to be? Yep. Um, whereas now I get a different mix of people every day. My role in their workday is diminished, so I am not with them all day. So that makes it easier for me as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I you know that little step back, I can I can kind of evaluate them a little bit better and be a little more. Um, you know, I, I can just, I don't know, that separation is, helps me judge how they're doing better, right? Without, without yes. getting in the mix. Yeah. Um, so I think it's easier with more, um, but it's also, the more of them there are, um, it's, it's more important than ever to not play favorites. Oh yes, definitely. Definitely, definitely. Um, Yeah. Because it's it it will it will unravel very quickly, um, but I I don't have um, I gotta be honest I don't I don't have time to to tell every single one of them what's going on in my life you know like I, I yes I, yeah no there's too much work to do uh-huh. um, I I don't have time to uh, to hang out which is which is good so I think it's it gets easier as you scale now the flip side of that is. I, I think when you get too big, um, then you lose your sense of empathy. Yes. Right. Because, because, uh, once you get too big, it's, it's difficult to know them. And, and I struggle with that having multiple locations. Yeah. I, it, I don't have that yet because I see them pretty regularly, mm-hmm. but I was going to ask you, how do you stay connected with, between your multiple locations? Like, how does that, how does that work? How does that feel? So, um, well, now that I'm trying to scale back and make things a little bit easier with having a manager and stuff, I am being more of a presence. The nice part is I do have a lead in the second location that I took to Atlanta, 
we don't have, you know, I don't talk to her on a daily basis, but we do have a, a team page, a leaders page too on Facebook for communication. So there's still some sort of communication as far as that goes um, and doing check-ins. Um, so I will go in and I'll do check-ins. I'll stop in now, now that I have the time to, I'll stop in now and see what everyone's doing. But I mean, there was a time where we had a bather that I never even met for like, I don't know, six months. And that was really weird to me. That was like the first time I'm like, oh, this is weird. Um, (laughs) I don't know if I like it. Um, but what I do like is that there's not that emotional attachment to it. So it is a whole different role with somebody in that aspect as well. I just Um, met, um, I just met an employee today for the first time. She's, uh, I think it's her fifth day on the job. I was out of town this uh, this week for a couple of days. So she got, she was interviewed. Um, I, I wasn't there for her interview, but I gave it my stamp of, of approval. I heard how it went. It sounded good. She was our choice. Yep. And she came in for her training days. And so I came in and mm-hmm. I was like, I was like, oh, random person in my lobby. Yeah. That must be this new person. Uh-huh. <laughs> and it's a bit, I, it's a bit odd. Reasoning. Yeah. yeah. Say, this is you. Well, <laughs> Logic, logic would dictate. Yes. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. That's, that's interesting. Or how about during COVID when um, I would hire people and I didn't know what they looked like for six months? No. Did you have that? Yeah. Did you have, well, I, did I mean, I, so we were, oh, because we, of the mask. We were strongly masked. Yeah. And New York mm. state was not messing around. Um, and, and also me personally was not messing around because I wanted to stay open. So I was right. like, I, I don't care if we have to duct tape these things to our face. I would like to stay open. <laughs> Yes. So we had a couple employees that uh, during the interview process and their first couple of shifts never saw their whole face, had no idea what they looked like. <laughs> and then, you know, like as things started to get more lax, you know, maybe somebody would take their mask off, you know, mm-hmm. for lunch and you'd be like, oh, that's what you look like. Because you, you don't realize you make like a mental image of like what you is do. under somebody's mask. Uh-huh. And then when it doesn't match, it's not, it's not that they're prettier or uglier it's just not what you expected you're like oh that's that's not the nose I had for you yeah (laughs) um so yeah I uh in terms of like inter uh team communication I was going to ask you too we we used to have a Facebook page but um you know not everybody has Facebook and it also it it was a struggle because the people that didn't have Facebook I didn't want them to have to make one just for work um, so we switched to Slack for all of our like professional communication and that's worked out really great because, um, it's on my phone and I can turn off the notifications if I'm on vacation or what have you. Oh, that's I mean, nice. Yeah. Honestly, my notifications are never off, but that's my oh, ownership, you know? <laughs> um, but, um, but for my, my team, they can turn the notifications off when they're not at work. They can turn them on when they're, they're at work. Um, and it's, you know, it's a completely separate app, but I know that, that I'm getting through to them. And then probably the best thing that we've had for culture is we have a, a, a work chat, like just, just not anything to do with work, just a hangout chat where they just send weird memes to each other. That's what I like about it. So, but you're right. Facebook, not everyone has it anymore. Um, so the leaders do thank goodness, or else I would probably find a different avenue, yeah. Um, but I love that they can share pictures and memes and all that. other. Oh, content. it's great. Some yeah. of my like fondest memories of them is me just late at night. It'll be like 10 o'clock at night. And they're again, it's just like the discussion in, in, in the flesh, right? It's just like when they, they have a really great discussion at work, they will go off at like 10 o'clock at night about some stupid thing like SpongeBob or track. <laughs> I'm really like pigeonholing them that, they talk about like highbrow stuff too. Um, but like, but I'll just sit on my couch and read and I'm just like cackling. They are so funny. Uh-huh. And um, some of them, their meme game is like so on point. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, now, what was that? So that one's, what is that app that you, or you just oh, that's actually on? on Facebook messenger, but it's just, oh, it's just, okay. Yeah. It's the chat. It's just the, yeah. And also like, they change the name. They change the background. They they change it. They oh change my it. gosh! Everybody has a nickname, and it's awful because I can't keep track of who's who. Um, <laughs> I think right now the name of the group chat is Cheeky Chums because 
because we got in Christmas toys from Zippy Paws and and the line of toys is called Cheeky Chums. Oh. And we were just giggling about it. And so somebody named the Cheeky Chums group chat. Yeah, like their their nicknames don't even make sense. Um I I, I can't even actually some of them are too weird. I'm not even gonna read them out. Um <laughs> they were just texting each other about there was a Nintendo DS barbie grooming game oh like there was a, a little a game on your ds where you That's would right. you were there barbie was, and you would groom dogs and so we were saying that we should add it to our training program somehow i'm not sure how but <laughs> how hysterical would that be so um yeah so it's a lot of tiktoks celebrity deaths uh selfies with dogs um that kind of thing but that's what the morale. So I find it so much easier to enjoy that stuff too when I'm not emotionally involved. When they're not emotionally involved in my life, right? Like a thousand percent. Right? Yeah. Like it's so much easier to look at these things and appreciate them and be grateful for them versus a whole messy emotional cluster going on. Yeah. And that's why uh, I don't partake in it too much but when i chime in i think it's more meaningful yeah no it really is um something that really resonated with me uh this was a couple years ago one of my kind of like right hand leaders um made a comment to me about how the the atmosphere changes for the better when i'm in the building and I, when she told me this, I was blown away. I was like, what are you talking about? I, right. I, no, I just, I come in, nobody, nobody even notices me. I just sneak in the back and I, right. you know, I do my thing and no, you guys are the same whether I'm here or whether I'm not. And she goes, no, no, no. When you're here, um, she said something like everybody kind of like straightens up a little bit, like, ooh, the boss is here. And not in a bad way, but in a professional way. Yes. And, and I really resonated with that because um that that respect that they're giving me which you know thank you guys so much i don't think i'm deserving but okay um that is somewhat easier to come by with a little distance right they're not mm. necessarily going to feel that way about me if they know every stinking detail of my personal life and i am you know, freely forthcoming with, with my emotions with them, but I'm not, I'm, I'm pretty reserved. You know, I, I say I'm reserved. I'm not reserved. I'm, I'm a big jokester and I'm always like chatting with them and stuff, but about serious stuff. No, I'm not talking to them about serious stuff. I'm talking to them about fun stuff. I'm trying to keep the, the mood light. And I, oh, yeah. and, I gen and I genuinely like, I like talking to them. They're fun. Mm -hmm. They're, they're fun group, fun crowd. Um, but the heavy stuff, you know, that the, the heavy lifting stuff gets saved, remember, dump out. Yep. And and that affords a level of um it respect's not the right word. Um I don't know what the word is I'm looking for, but I just think that little bit of distance is, is helpful. Yes. It it definitely it it does show because I know I've been sort of told the same. Um now that I have my manager and and I can really tell a little bit of a difference, like even when I walk in, but it's not, it's not like a strict militant type. Oh, the boss no, no, at all. Yeah. It, no, they're it not is, scared of me. It's a confidence. It's almost, it's a yes. confidence. Like yeah. they're confident that the owner is there and that we can enjoy conversation. And it just heightens them that ever so slightly into that professional confident role. That's that hits the nail on the head, or at least that's what I'm going for. <laughs> See, eventually yeah. we get there. We, yeah, we, we do. We, we'll we get, get there. there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, you know, I, I, uh, I don't know. It's funny to talk about my team so much. Like, I know, I know one of them listens to us, but I don't know. I don't think the rest of them do, and that's fine. Um, <laughs> I don't. I don't necessarily. I'm not going to plug it to them. Um. But like, nothing I've said on here is news to them, which I think is leads us to 
sort of our next topic, which has been hugely, hugely helpful for the culture of our work environment, which is we have a no gossip policy. Mm-hmm. And that is super duper hard to implement. I'm not even going to like lie to you guys. It, <laughs> it was, very, oh it my was very difficult. It, it, it does. I don't want to say fail managing it. You will fail at, right? Like yep. you're going to have ups and downs. There's going to be, you can never control everything or catch everything. It's sort right. of like, you know, the behaviors. And it's that not you about that, right? It's not about being no. the whisper police. It's, it's not, not about being the thought police. Mm-mm. It is absolutely about fostering an environment where they make good choices and, yep. and they don't want to gossip. That, mm-hmm. that is the end goal. It's not that you don't want gossip. It's that you want a place where they don't even they don't think about gossiping. Why would they? Because you're in such a healthy environment that that they will attack their problems head on. They will address them directly with the person that they're having an issue with, um, which that doesn't happen in my salon. Everybody, like I, I'll say honestly, all of our staff gets along with each other. Like nobody is like, yeah, that person's slacking off. We don't, th- that doesn't happen. Like, Every everybody- once in a while I have that, but I also know that typically the people who I'll get it from are people who are having issues in their personal life that's spilling over into professional boy. Howdy. That is- and then we talk about that aspect, you know what I mean? So like, yeah. so when we do have stuff like that, it is for those reasons. Um, more than there isn't really an area. I mean, we have the policies and procedures and everything in place and everyone's doing their job and, you know, it's structured to where it can not have to be. You know? Yeah. And mm-hmm. and I think it, it goes above just gossiping amongst each other, about each other. Um, we don't gossip about the industry Mm-mm. because it's so easy to. Mm-hmm. It is so easy to go to these shows and come back and tell all the other groomers what happened and who said what and who did this and who did that and who pissed off who and who's buddy buddy. And um, I we couldn't live like that anymore. It was awful. It was for the rest of the staff. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, we had we had a couple of offenders that are no longer with us um, who didn't understand how uncomfortable it made the rest of the staff to come back from a show and just talk mad shit about people that were industry leaders that they were looking up to that they'd never met. Like, way to trash their heroes. And yeah, right. It's not my place to ruin someone else's opinion of someone else. Oh, absolutely. At all. So my personal. No. Yeah. Yeah. It goes. So it goes above and beyond that. So that, you know, that seems a little insane, but it's made such a positive difference since we, we don't do that. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's the thing too. Like you can feel really comfortable uh, and you know, you're maybe you're not even talking shit. Maybe you're just talking about someone else's personal life. Um, but you know, the other people in the room might not be comfortable hearing that about someone that they know or don't know. Like, I don't, I've had a couple times where somebody was talking about, um, another groomer's personal life. And I was like, listen, I know this person. You're not saying anything disrespectful or rude, but were I intended to know this information, I would know this information. So mm-hmm. I don't want to be part of this. This is a this is an offline conversation that I don't want to be part of. Correct. Um, so I think um, that's been that's been a big departure because the industry loves gossip. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, this is a, this is a tight knit, close industry where we all see each other every six weeks or so at these shows. <laughs> it no, it's like summer it summer is. camp on steroids, right? Uh-huh. Like it's can't get away from each other. We know everybody's business. Yep, and um to come home and not feed into that is, is hugely important. And um, so that, that, like you said, you're not going to be perfect at it. And uh, I definitely look back at some conversations. I'm like, Ooh, Mm -hmm. let's change. Let's change that next time. You know, that was, that was not our best work. Let's, let's, uh, you know, do better next time. But I will say now, I, it, it's just known. Like if, if you wouldn't say this to a person that was in the room, mm-hmm. it doesn't need to be said. And that's what, I, and you know, for any owner out there who may be realizing um, leader, owner, even employee, you know, if you brought this to your employer, 
um, defining what gossip is, right? So like we, we have it, I have it written to where, what gossip is. If you're not willing to say it in front of that person, then you shouldn't be saying it at all. And, um, having that definition helps out a lot because you can go ahead and say, oh no, this is the behavior that you're, you're exhibiting. You know, these words, would you say this to this person? Um, so you know, that's a really nice, that's a, a start to it, right? If maybe you have issues with gossiping, that's a really easy start to define it and make sure all the employees know about it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I certainly, I, I don't make it a habit to talk about any of my team to other members of my team, unless we're specifically talking about performance evaluations, you know, with one of my leaders, or we're talking about, um, you know, actual um, reviews or coaching conversations. But other than that, we Where don't there was talk a about prob- each other. Right. Yeah. Or there was a problem that was brought up. You started to fix it or you you came up with this game plan and you check in with that employee to see has things gotten better or yeah. is there progress, right? Yeah. Like and that's, that's, that's the only time. Yeah, that's appropriate. But, mm-hmm. you know, talking about like, hey, did you see what so-and-so did or did you hear what so-and-so said? Nope. Doesn't happen. Nope. Doesn't happen because if they did or said something that needs to be addressed, it's already been addressed, mm-hmm. you know, and that, and you got to take comfort in that. Like that's, that's hugely powerful to know that like, if we're having a problem, we'll have a conversation about it and then yep. it's, and then it's done, you know, then it's done and we can move on. I, I find um one of my struggles as a leader and I'm a pretty dominant personality, right? I've, I've done if you do any leadership training or coaching or do any kind of business development, what you'll find is that there's a bunch of white men in suits that want to put you in a, in a box of like-minded people, right? Uh-huh. They, they want to classify you. So there's all kinds of personality tests that you can take that tell you what kind of leader that you are. And some of them are hogwash. In fact, most of them are hogwash. Um, but there's a sliver of truth in some of them. And I have been over and over classified as a pretty dominant leader. I am direct. I am direct. I am um, not a dominant leader, but just a dominant person. And that lends itself to leadership, right? Correct. So what I struggle with is that I'm, I'm a bit of a straight shooter when it comes to communication, and that is not for everybody. Um, so I have to be really careful because where most people are conflict averse, I am very pro-conflict. <laughs> and that's to say, now, now that is to say, I don't want to fight. No. Like, Okay, to be fair, sometimes I want to fight, but (laughs) I don't want to fight any of my employees. But when there is an issue, that part that everybody gets scared of, which is the talk, you know, the coaching conversation, the the write-up, which we don't do write-ups, we just do coaching conversations. Um, That thing, it holds a lot of power if you're scared of it. Mm -hmm. But if you just look at it as something to get through, to get to the other side unlocks conflict for you at least that's that's how my brain works and I realize that's not how everyone works but the other Um, side to it is wonderful when you get it 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 is wonderful so to work through that I'm the same way I'm I'm that factual person right let's get this out let's get this done let's move forward yes Um, like why would you why would you want to be constipated right (laughs) let's get it over with just get you're gonna feel so much relief get over with i'm sorry everything goes back to bodily functions in my mind but um (laughs) but no you like the the discomfort from that is is the anxiety leading up to the tough conversation the tough conversation is the easy part yep that's once you sit down and start it it's it's done it's it's just something you just got to play out Mm -hmm. so um so for me gossip free a gossip-free work environment has been very easy because we don't harbor any resentments. We don't, I have no resentments towards any of my staff because if they've had any issue that I've seen, it's addressed immediately. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, hey, you know, you uh, oh, you, you rang this up wrong. Here, let me show you how to do that right. So, you know, a big part of leadership is you are not afforded the luxury of resentment. That is not something you are allowed to do nope. because resentment is absolutely your own fault for not addressing an issue. Well, um, and that's, so we're talking about, um, you know, fixing things. So there was gossip and resentment with, 
one of the last toxic people who left Mm. because it was hidden so well amongst a group of four or five people who um, grew with each other Mm. that there was this very dysfunctional relationship amongst them that was so hidden um, in front of me. So um, I didn't notice it until it was too late. You know, it was a lot of damage had been done. But um, moving forward, I learned how to teach the people who harbored resentment for anyone who would walk in the door because of a a dysfunctional dynamic that happened prior. um, We don't have that resentment anymore. So like, you know, sometimes it can slip, you know, it, it can slip past you by all means, especially if you're trusting and you have someone who you thought you could trust and they tell you something different than what's really going on. Um, that just taught me to be more mindful. And really, if I have those little weird feelings, those gut feelings that something's not right or actions and words aren't lining up, I really need to confront those right away. Yeah. But yeah. You, and and you, this is, you can fix it. Yeah, this is what we talked about. Like, I'm a big old idiot. I trust everybody. Yeah. Yes. You tell me you're going to do something, I believe you. Uh-huh. You know? And you know what? I like you tell that me everything's me. fine. Yep. Yeah. I, I like that about myself. Like, <laughs> that's one of my, that's one of my best traits is that I, <laughs> you know, that I, you tell me something, I'm like, okay, sounds uh-huh. right. Sure. And, yep. and like you said, now, if that doesn't match up with reality, sure, then we have a discussion. But um, no, I, I. I honestly, I think the best of people. I really do. And I think if you're in leadership for a really long time, um, the easy path, the path of like less resistance is to go down this path of like, people suck. You know, nobody wants to work anymore. Um, Every employee I have just is lazy and just wants to, you know, paycheck. And like, that's it drives me crazy. It oh, I hate when people talk like that. Right, but like that's the lazy way to go. Right, that's the that's the way that you get pulled. And like, sure, there's things in the world that will push you in that direction and make you want to think that, but it's not true. It's not true. Mm-hmm. Like, it every person that is on my team, they want to be there and they like their job mm-hmm. and they like working where they work because if they didn't, they would leave. Yep. And I, I don't worry about, um, you know, what if they go home and they don't like me? That's fine. That's okay. But also I know I come in every day and I see their smiling faces and I know that they, they do like where they work and, Mm -hmm. and they understand the mission and, and the mission is, you know, keep Buffalo's dogs beautiful. Right. That's, (laughs) um, and sure, maybe that's a little cheesy and a little Pollyanna, but you you got to do what works for you. And that's what works for me. That's what keeps me going. So that's all that matters. Yeah. But um, yeah, I think, I think we have about, we, we've gone all the way around this topic. We have. I'm very impressed. I'm impressed I'm... because when we took this on, I mean, just to let everyone know, we really, I mean, like 10 minutes beforehand is when we really know what we're talking about. And we just sort of pull from. Well, yeah. And we had to keep, we had to keep like making it smaller because it was too big. And I'm glad we right. did make it smaller because, oh, there's so much to say. There you know, is. it's, it's a meaty topic. Meaty. It is. Um, great. Well, okay. So I'm, I'm thinking we're going to end it there. Sounds good. Um, I think that's a perfect place to end it. What? Uh, let's do another shameless plug for shameless plug time. So I did record my um, managing toxicity in the workplace seminar. So I will put. Um, I don't have a website yet, but I do have recordings to it that I have um, offered to people at half off before it goes on my website that I'm designing. So um, I'll just stick my email address in the show notes, and if anyone's interested or wants to talk more about this topic let me know. Um, you know, it's, it's a good one. And, and we learn from, we learn from a lot of our mistakes. So, oh gosh, every day, (laughs) every day I mess something up and I learn something new. Yes. So that's my plug for it. Beautiful thing. Another shameless plug. Uh, there are still spots available on the January 20th, 2024 sailing of the radiance of the seas, Barkley pet pro cruise. 
with your yes. speaker, Blake Hernandez. While there are still spots available, you will have to pay in full if you want to make a reservation at this point. Um, but we would still love to have you. Um, there will be two sea days and we are sailing to Mexico. Um, yes. And... Oh, I haven't even told Denise this. I'm going to let oh. the cat out of the bag here. Okay. Um, I just found out that they will allow us to bring shears on board. Yeah. So we are going to be working um, with like a, a model dog demo for one, of oh, Blake, cool. um, for one of Blake's seminars. So that's very exciting. Um, so more details on that to come. Um, and we will be announcing our uh, late summer sailing soon. Yes. So soon. Really soon. Momentarily. Any okay, minute. good. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Very soon. All right. Awesome. We'll see you guys next episode. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks, guys. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.